0: Welcome to the Live Community Church Podcast. We are so excited and thankful you've decided to join us. We have a very special message for you today that we pray blesses you. Good morning. feel like I've been up here before. Everybody doing all right? <clears throat> just allergies, just allergies. Well, yeah, those allergies. They got <clears throat> I think they've gotten me a little bit this morning. Let's let me have a Larry Tirashuda voice. Yeah. Not, quite. Not quite. I'm I'm working I'm trying. I'm trying. You down there a little lower. Can't do it. Okay. So we're we're in this series, Finding Your Purpose, and we're this is the seventh week of Finding Your Purpose and hope you've found it by now. Uh, if you haven't, we still have uh, this was this is the last week, maybe, because I don't know if I'm going to get through with this one today. I've got a lot of stuff, and i got a long way to go and a short time to get there, uh, which I think is a song from, uh, what is it? Smoking and the Bandit, which... I don't know why there wasn't beer in Texarkana. doesn't. It's, 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 the whole movie does. The premise of the movie doesn't make any sense. But you know, uh, anyway, uh, it's been. Let's, none of y'all know what that is. That's a long time ago, right? Okay. So I want to talk uh, today about finding your purpose, and I want to talk about stewardship, and I want to talk about the stewardship. Not of you know when because when you say stewardship, everybody shuts off because they think, oh, he's going to talk about money, and I don't want to hear about money because money is. Uh. Uh, So, when we think about stewardship, but stewardship is more than money, and we're not going to really talk about money at all. We're going to talk really about the stewardship of your life and what that means. How do we we steward what God has given us? And so, Jesus tells this great parable in Matthew 25, verse 14. And let's pray. Let's just pray and ask the Lord to help us today. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help, help us, Lord, bring clarity in this. Uh, help us to understand what you mean in the story, how it speaks to us, uh, what you want us to learn and know. And Lord, challenge us with your word uh, because we want to leave changed and we know that what I say can't do it, but we know what you say can. So Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name. We need your help. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. If you're watching online, we're so glad that you're watching today. Thank you for joining us. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, Jesus is telling a parable, and he says this. Again, it will be like a man, the kingdom of heaven, it's the you know the preface of this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. To another one to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went out once at once and put his money to work and gained five more. And also the one who had the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid the master's money. So this story, Jesus tells us, and as we look throughout Scripture, we can see that the reality of this is that Every one of us have been given talents. We have a blessing. And do you know what they are? Anybody know what your talents are? Sometimes we're afraid to main them, but to uh, recognize them, because it's like it almost becomes a responsibility, if I know. If I act ignorantly, then I'm not responsible. But we are responsible for the talents that we have, and God has given us those talents to invest he wants us to to use them and you know the most important t- talent that you have is you've received this great gift i don't know if you've recognized it but you've received this great gift of life it's a it's it's pretty pretty good blessing to be alive and not dead right it's a good blessing And then we, you know, if you're here today and if you know Jesus, then you've got this great blessing of salvation. You know, Jesus, that's, that's another tremendous, tremendous blessing that we've received. And so, because we've given, been given these talents that God wants us to invest, uh, someday we're going to have to give an account for how we've used those talents. So in this parable, the master entrusts each of the servants with a certain number of talents, To invest while he's gone on a journey Uh, so what's a talent well to Jesus original hearers a talent uh, was a way to describe a large amount of money so they have they have a large amount of money and uh, if you had one talent you were well off so if you had a talent you were you were well off. If you had more than one talent, you were you were rich. You were wealthy. But but this is more about money. Again, don't panic. You know, don't shut down yet. Uh, it's more than about money. It's it's about stewarding more than that. It's it's about stewarding the gifts and abilities that God has entrusted each of us with. The English word that we get talents which comes from this story that Jesus tells. This English word that where we get talents from doesn't mean money, but it means both gifts and abilities. So we, so when we say someone is talented, we kind of separate that from money, don't we? You can be talented and not have any money. So we don't mean they're rich. When we say they're, they're very talented, it doesn't mean, in our thinking, it doesn't mean they're rich. It means that they're gifted. So one of the things that Jesus is showing here is that these talents are valuable. So he gives, gives them talents, and, and they're valuable. Uh, the second thing you notice that in choosing talents as the metaphor of the abilities that God trusts us, Jesus it makes it clear that God values the talents. As we read through the story, we'll see that God valued the talents that he had given And there was an expectation that those talents would be used in a way that would glorify the kingdom of God. There was that expectation. Now it's nearly impossible. So you try to look up what's a talent worth, uh, comparing it to first century value and what we would think of today. So here's what I found. Uh, most modern scholars would today say that the actual sense of actual buying power, that a talent could be worth worth. As much as six hundred thousand dollars. Kind of changes the story a little bit between five, two, and one, doesn't it? <laughs> if you have, so you think about. So the one had, that had five talents was given three million dollars, and then one one that had two talents was given one point two million dollars, and the one that was given one just one talent had six hundred thousand dollars. Now, if these who receive the talents are like us, it's feasible, it's realistic that the less talented or those that receive less, uh, both two who only got two and one who only got one might, might have envied the one who got five, right? I mean, wouldn't that make sense today, how we operate today? There's a lot of envy and jealousy operation today, covetousness where we want what other people have so you can imagine the one who you think people have changed a lot uh, in their temperament no so 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 the one that had two would have thought boy I wish I had five if I had five I could really do something and the one who had one thought boy I you know I didn't even get two the one with two he's got 1.2 million and here I am with only $600,000 what am I going to do with that you know because he's got he has 3 million so in so, the reality, uh, that what everyone received was valuable. Nothing was insignificant. No, no servant's stewardship, no servant's talent was insignificant. Each received something of great value. How many of you would have liked to start off? He's like, like let's say on your on your wedding night, if if somebody walked in and said, "Hey." Here's six hundred thousand dollars. Just you know, use it. Use it, and then, at some point, I'd like to, I'd like for you to give an account of how you used it. I mean, you say, "Oh, that's going to be a lot of trouble. I don't know. I don't. I don't. But I don't know if I have the time for that." I mean, we would receive it because we'd realize even the even the one talent was was of great value. It was significant. And often, we, we, looking at ourselves and receiving gifts and abilities and resources, uh, receiving the talents that we receive, we often undervalue what we've been given. We look at other people and say, oh, they're so talented. They're so gifted. They're so, they're so good. And then we look at ourselves and say, eh, but I've only got one talent. you know. I'm just alive which is a great talent, by the way, right? That's a great gift. It's a great... How, how many would say it's a great gift to be alive? If, if you're not alive, don't raise your hand. Okay. Uh, some are given more. Some are given less. But all are given much. We've all been given something. It's a great blessing. Jesus then describes... So so if if one talent is... If, if that just that talent is just your life, then you've been given much right? So Jesus said in luke twelve forty eight from everyone who has been given much much will be required, and to whom they entrust much of him they will ask all the more. Talents are grace gifts uh, the first that's one of the things we notice is that in this parable, that they are given the talents. They don't earn them. They're given the talents. So it says, to one was given five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. The the master wasn't obligated to give them anything. They weren't owed anything. In other words, everything they got was a blessing. Right? Right? Every, so what they got was a blessing, everything we get, and it was a grace. In other words, it, it was a, a, grace is the, the, Greek word grace also means gift. Keres is the Greek word. It also means gift. So it was a gift of grace. It was, it was something that was given. It wasn't earned. They didn't earn it. They, you know, the servant hadn't earned 3 million. He was given it. They hadn't earned 1.2 million. It was just a gift. It was a grace gift. And So each had received this grace gift from the master. Some are given more, some are given less, but all are given much. So there's no room for boasting or comparison. Because what's true about receiving the gospel is true about receiving gifts. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul says this. He's talking about to the Corinthians because they're, They're just struggling in a lot of areas. And he says, for who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not receive it, then why do you boast as if you have not received it? So he's saying, you realize that he's telling the Corinthians, you realize that everything you've got is a gift of God. Everything you've got, especially, and he's talking to them about their salvation. He said, y'all are being so arrogant about this whole spiritual gifts thing, about who's got this spiritual gift and who's got this spiritual gift and who's better than this person. because And we, we have spiritual gifts. It's clear, biblically, we have gifts that we should use for the kingdom of God, but we should never view those gifts or those abilities or those talents or those resources or even money as anything that makes us superior to other people. So they're given these gifts They're grace gifts, and they're given them according to their ability. Which is interesting when you read this. Have you ever thought about this? To one he gave five talents of money, another two, another one, talent each according to his ability. So this is confusing to us in the English, because in the English, talents and abilities are synonyms. I mean, they kind of mean the same thing, right? Talents. And abilities, So it's kind of sounding like Jesus is saying, God gives us abilities according to our abilities. Or he gives us talents according to our talents. Uh, but in Greek, uh, it's clear the word translated abilities, which makes sense when you think about it, is, is dunamis, is the Greek word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. Dunamis means power. Or ability. Uh, It's a certain amount of ability uh, or capability. So, what it's saying here is that God entrusts to us certain talents, and, and along with the talents, He also gives us abilities to use them. So, when God gives us talents and resources, He also is willing to give us the dunamis, the power to operate within the talents, the abilities, uh, the resources that we receive. So if we realize that, then if we realize he gives us talents, he gives us ability, it should be be freeing to us. We can be free from envying servants who are more talented, more talented, who have more stuff, and have more capacity or more capabilities than we do. And it should free us from judging others who are less talented, who have less, or have less resources, or have less ability or capacities than we do. So so God is the talent and, and power giver, and he holds each of us accountable only for the grace given to us. I'm not accountable for somebody else's talents and abilities and capabilities. I'm just responsible for what God gave me. God doesn't expect me to, to take care of anybody else's resources but my own. So there was an accounting. So there was a day. So they're given these resources. Then there was a day when there was an accounting for what they received and for what they had done with what they had received. Matthew 25, 19, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. So there's this day of accounting that's coming. And in reality, what Jesus is talking about here is that there is a day of accounting that is coming for everyone. The Bible describes this, this event of this day of accounting, as the judgment seat of Christ. And there's a lot of scriptures that deal with this, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ... That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So we all are going to have to give an account. So there's four things that stand out about this. Is Number one, all Christians will stand before Christ as judge. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not just unbelievers, but we. And not some of us, but all of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account. Uh, number two... Our judge will be Christ. It's, it's, that's why it's called the Judgment seat of Christ. That's brilliant, right? Uh, but it's also God's judgment. In Romans 14, 10, You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And in John chapter 5, verse 26, i got a lot of stuff today. I'm sorry, I'm going to be reading a lot of verses, right? Because I think some of you may be hearing this for the first time. And so I want to, I want to make sure you, you, that you see it biblically. We never want to be, you know, Paul said we preach not ourselves. Our goal is never to preach opinion. But what does the Word of God say? Even if it's, you know, maybe sometimes difficult like today. For as the father has life in himself, John five twenty six, so he has granted the son to have life in himself and he's given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. So God, the son and God, the father are one in their judgment, but it's the son who is going to stand forth as the immediate judge at this judgment, the beam of judgment uh, of the last judgment, the judgment of Christ. Number three, our judgment will be after I, we die. Hebrews 9, 27 says, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Before we enter the final state of glory, before we you will know, we'll be changed into his likeness, into his glorious state, we don't know what, Paul says, we don't know what that's going to be like, we just know it's like it's, we're going to be like him. Says before we're changed, we're for that final state with our resurrected bodies on the new earth, you know, because heaven is actually not in heaven. In the end, heaven is on earth. Mind blowing, right? So when we go to heaven, we're gonna be back here. Uh, but it's gonna be a new heaven and new earth. And uh, we will stand before that, before that happens, we're gonna stand before Christ as judge. Uh, number four: When we stand before Christ as judge, we will judge, be judged according to our deeds in this life. And this this is really clear throughout Scripture. Second Corinthians five ten: For we must all we read this earlier, but I want to read it again to remind you. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And this is not an isolated teaching. This is not just one verse taken out of context. Matthew 16, 27, Jesus said, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will re- reward each person according to what he's done. And in the very last chapter of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. So, In other words, the way you live is important. What you do with your life and what you do with your gifts and what you do with your resources of time and money has eternal consequences. So what is the aim of this judgment? I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) Why is it important? Well, is it the aim of the judgment to declare who's lost and who's saved? In other words, who's going to heaven and who's, not, who's going to hell according to the works done in the body? Or is the aim of his judgment to declare the measure of your reward? Because that's pretty clear from scripture that we're going to receive rewards according to what we've done. If we're going to receive a crown. Paul says, you know, I'm, and there's, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord's going to give to me in the last day. So we're going to get a crown. Then what are we going to do with those crowns? You think we're going to cast them at the feet of Jesus, who is the one who made it possible for us to get a crown? <laughs> so that our deeds will, you know, uh, reveal, or is the aim of this judgment rewards? to declare the measure of your reward in the age to come according to the works the works the works done in the body so is it is it judgment about heaven and hell or is it judgment according to rewards it's both so our deeds will reveal who enters the age to come and our deeds will reveal the measure of our reward in the age to come and that when you hear that, it sounds like a contradiction of salvation by grace through faith. Doesn't it? Because you were thinking that before I said it. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean our works have something to do with whether we get into heaven or not? I thought we were saved by grace. Well, we are saved by grace, so let's look at what, what this says. Ephesians 2.89, for it is by grace you've been saved. We know this verse uh, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So we know that salvation is not by works. That is, works do not earn salvation. Works do not put God in our debt. There's nothing you can do so that God must pay you the wage of salvation. In other words, you can't earn heaven, and a lot of people think they can. I've repeatedly, I've done lots of sermons, and it's hard for people not to talk about how good they are, how good the person was. And they also talk about, want to talk about how good they were before the funeral. Then after the funeral, it's almost like they talk about what a rascally was. It's almost like what the preacher said. I wish I had that kind of power. You go to hell. You know, oh, you get to go to heaven. Thankfully, a man's not making that decision, but it's, it's by God. But a lot of people think that we're saved by works. And so no work that you can do puts God in debt that he owes you salvation. Nothing except the work of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because that would, that would contradict grace. Our deeds are not the basis of our salvation, but they are the evidence of our salvation. And that's why why this is important. I want you to get this. Our deeds are not the basis of our salvation, but they are the evidence of our salvation. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. "For For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, Our deeds will be in heaven, our deeds will be the public evidence at the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to be before the judgment seat of Christ for the deeds done in our body. The the deeds that we've done will be a demonstration that our faith is real. When we get to heaven, at the last judgment, this courtroom before the Lord Jesus Christ, this judgment is going to be a declaration. His deeds both give these rewards, and they demonstrate that this person is a follower of Christ because they have deeds that follow. They have fruit. Jesus said, if you have no fruit, you have no root. You can say that you're saved, and you can say that you believe, but if there are no corresponding works to back up your faith, faith without works is dead. Are you, are you staying with me? Okay. So our deeds will be the public evidence to demonstrate that our faith is real. Our deeds will be the public evidence brought forth to demonstrate the measure of our obedience. In other words, so why, why we get rewards. First Thessalonians 1, 2. We think, because I know you've read these verses. I know you've read these verses and thought, well, this, ta- this sounds like I'm, I'm, there's works involved here haven't you read those verses? Jesus said it. Paul said it. I mean, he'll talk about saved by grace, and then he talks about works. You think, wait, I don't understand. I thought I was saved by grace. How can I? I'm not saved by works. I? No, you're not saved by works. You're saved by grace. But you are saved to works. In other words, salvation is by faith. I, didn't, I missed a verse. Sorry, I, I started talking uh, and lost my place. Uh, we're, we always thank God for all of you. Mentioning you in our prayers, we continue to remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. It is a work produced by faith. It's not a work produced to earn faith or to earn salvation. It is a a work that is a result of salvation. Your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, salvation is by faith and rewards are by faith and I'm out of time, uh, <laughs> but, the, but the evidence of invisible faith in the judgment hall of Christ will be the fruits of a transformed life. The evidence will be what, what's going to be on the screen of heaven is, is the life that you live that produced works for the kingdom of heaven. And it will be evidence. And if there's no evidence, it doesn't matter what you said in this life. Our deeds are not the basis of our salvation. They are the evidence of our salvation. They are not foundation. They are demonstration. Salvation is owned by faith, but it is shown by deeds. So, ooh, lots more to go. Okay, I guess, okay, it's now an eight-week series. Uh, So so I'm just going to leave you hanging there. What does this mean it it means more next week <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned for the exciting conclusion. and in, con, conclusion inclusion maybe i'll be able to talk i haven't been able to talk for several weeks but you know hey uh are we going to heaven or hell well we're going to heaven and how do we get there by grace but we received with our salvation a responsibility we've been given these amazing gifts. The the least among us got a lot. The least talented among us. The one you would think, well, I'm not very talented. Well, you only got $600,000. So how are we supposed to use that? Because whose money is it? Who gave it to us? It says he gave them. The master gave them gifts. It wasn't even theirs from the beginning. And one of the one of the mistakes that we make, the big mistakes we make about life is that we think it's ours. At the, but the best life, the best life that can be lived is when you recognize whose you are. You recognize that everything that you have, every talent, every gift, every resource, every moment, belongs to him so if it's his and we're going to have to give an account to him at some point on how we used it then how we live is important we're saved by grace through faith that not of ourselves is a gift of God but it's not unimportant how we live because how we live is how the world knows about Jesus It's our testimony. And and it's our ability to bring more into the kingdom. It's valuable. What we've received is value. The greatest value that you, I mean, think. We didn't get $600,000. We got Jesus. We got Jesus. So we'll talk about it more next week. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Lord help us to realize how blessed we are. What a great gift we've received. Just just this life is incredible. We want to be a, a steward of this great gift. We don't want to we don't want to waste it. We don't want to misuse it. And we have we have, Lord. But we want to use it for your glory and your honor and we're so so thankful for grace and forgiveness and mercy that forgives us for the failure but empowers us to use what you've given us with your dunamis your power, your ability we're not on our own in this we're not trying to figure this out on our own you have given us both the the talents and the capability by your spirit and Lord we need you because it's it's a big job and we need you Lord help us Help us to understand this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. See you next week. I love you. This has been the Life Community Church Podcast. Thank you for listening.